0: what's up everybody welcome to the 86th draft of the untitled movie podcast i am one of your hosts matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he's tomato meter approved eric marchin
1: no leto no problem
0: yeah baby yeah it's bright and early uh we're up uh the 93rd um academy award nominees uh came out this morning eric and up Eric and I are up earlier than usual, most likely for both of us. I mean, I'm an early riser for the most part, but like, you know, I usually get up around eight, nine a.m. in the morning, but, uh, up and early, um, eight, 15 a.m. Oscar nominees are out, Eric. It was a weird year. And do you think, that you, how do you feel? first glance you know at first glance i mean there's a couple
1: categories that i'm excited to talk about specifically um especially in uh the supporting actor category and uh directing but yeah. um overall i mean i would say that most of these nominees were to be expected I um, yeah. it wasn't as crazy as i was thinking it could have ended up being just given the year that it was, I, I would say the most telling overall is that in Best Picture, there were eight nominees instead of nine, like there have been in the past when it comes to sort of the preferential ballot where, you know, and any those last couple were probably spread out a bit. Yeah, where anything up to 10 nominees can happen. And next year, starting next year, uh, they will go back to 10 nominees entirely. So it'll be ten nominations for best picture and not
0: the preferential Just random outlets. ass like seven between between six and ten or whatever. Yeah,
1: because like some people were even like online were were, you know, either tweeting or mentioning that it might be less that you know because you know hollywood reporter ran this article about you know there's a lot of apathy this year and in, in in the oscar voting branches where some people aren't even going to to vote for movies because they feel like the streamers um will have too much of a, a dominance over everything so and we kind
0: of saw that but like not necessarily
1: no like we'll no through no everything. Uh, there was a good there was a good kind of balance between sort of you know the 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 streamer stuff that you were going to expect. I mean, the Trial of the Chicago 7 showed up in multiple categories. Just like we said it would right after we saw it. Yeah, exactly. It is the it is the uh, safe bet nominee of 2020 into 2021. And then there was some stuff that were from major studios that kind of adapted to the streaming uh, platform this year, whether it be, you know, uh Sort of later releases like Judas and the Black Messiah, which kind of got it kick, its kickstart at Sundance, um, and then movies like Minari and News of the World all kind of did really well. Promising young woman, um, again, you know, theaters and studios that studios that adapted to the platform release that kind of gave up a couple of their, um, which would be you know their their kind of their bigger prestigious movies to you know the the p- premium vods uh uh release style or format. So, you know, we we we've seen a lot of um you know nominees again with you know Amazon and Netflix and and what have you and and you know something like Sound of Metal I think is really quite interesting just because Sound of Metal was a movie that played at TIFF in 2019 and yeah. and you think about like okay well you know if there is a silver lining in terms of creating a more democratic sort of field for these movies to get nominated. If it was a regular year, I don't think sound of metal would have done as well, not because of the quality of the movie, just because there would have been so much more and probably only a couple of those films would have shown up. Trial of the Chicago seven still would have shown up because it probably would have still been with paramount at that point. But, um, I think having the year that it was benefited something like Sound of Metal to do even better than I was expecting it to just because it had been around for so much longer. And, like, there are
0: presidents where, you know, like
1: The Hurt Locker was, you know, a movie that played at TIFF in 2008 Tiff, like,
0: yeah, and then was released. Same year as. Um, uh- uh slumdog millionaire slumdog right? millionaire
1: yeah yeah and it took a whole year and i mean even that was interesting because it played in italy and in in other parts of europe in 2008 and there were bootleg versions of it yeah i remember um, that available yeah. I, in, in did the i watch of one of those bootlegs
0: <laughs> probably I did. I, did. I did um
1: but but then you know like it was released in the summer of 2009 it went up against movies like Inglorious Bastards and Avatar and things like that, and it still came out on top. So, you know, it, there there are it festival happened. films, yeah. yeah, that do kind of are that are able to make it. But I I do think that you know some of these movies have benefited from the fact that um, it was a quote unquote weaker season, whatever that means. But not I still think that, I
0: don't like the terminology weaker. And I know you're not using no that no, you're no no. Staying, no, no, no I'm unquote, saying it from like, what
1: the like the consensus is talking about.
0: Maybe there are less movies, sure, but I don't think this pool of nominees are necessarily weaker than any other year. Like, I still think you have a good crop of movies that got nominated. And yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, there were a few surprises and we'll get into that. But um, for the most part, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. I mean, there were some pretty big snubs and some pretty big. Uh, surprises. But I mean, that's like every year. So yeah, we're going to get into everything. We'll go through every category. So this will be kind of our, you know, Oscar nominations preview, Oscar preview episode, um, where we'll pretty... Be pretty focused on the Oscars, but then, you know, at the end of the episode, we'll go through our normal rigmarole, talking about what we've watched and trailers and a, a bit of news and things like that. But we really, really wanted to focus on the Oscars. So, Eric, where do you want to start? Let's just go through everything. So do you want to start with supporting um, actor? Yeah, I mean, I'm right at the – uh our, yeah, actor in a supporting role. Let's go. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so we have Sasha Baron
1: Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, uh, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, proving so, that Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah has
0: no leads. So, Eric, is lead actor times lead actor equals supporting squared, or is that how it goes? I or? don't know. <laughs> it's
1: This is such a weird thing because, like, I mean, this has been a debate all award season with even just daniel kaluuya being put in supporting actor where you know he's a co-lead but i can understand like you know from you know a marketing campaign point of view from warner brothers being like okay well he's not on screen for the the whole movie where lakeef stanfield's character is um, but having them both nominated in supporting actor is a little bit strange because, again, it's like you have the two leads not only in you know title name but like in like just like throughout the movie. Yeah, it's totally. almost like it would almost be like nominating DiCaprio and Damon for The Departed, you know, in, in supporting actor. Yeah. It, and they, I mean, obviously they weren't. Mark Wahlberg was the one actor who was nominated there, but it's just it's such a strange. Uh, nomination i'm not complaining because i really love that lakeith got in and and again like he has not shown up anywhere else this whole award season where people like jared leto have and it made me a little bit queasy um so like i'll I'll take it but at the same time it is strange that both of your leads they're both
0: co-leads
1: yeah are in supporting actor and it's the title of the film judas and the black messiah yeah they are the
0: titular characters. yeah (laughs) Um. Yeah, and then Paul Racy getting in is wonderful too.
1: Yes, absolutely. That was a no- that's a nominee that's like it's so subtle, and Paul Racy is more known as a theater actor than anything else. Um, so to see him get nominated was was genuinely wonderful, and to know that again, Sound of Metal, you know, was being kind of looked at in more categories than just simply you know, sound or best actor, you know, like yeah. that was exciting. And then it was also, uh, you know, looking at the category, both Sasha Baron Cohen and Leslie Odom Jr. Picked up two nominations this morning for, yeah. uh, adapted screenplay for, for Bo rat for, for Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen and best and, song and best song for Leslie Odom Jr. For one night in Miami. So both of those guys are probably having a really good morning right now.
0: Oh, totally. And I, I'd say like, um, again, I I was tepid on both, you know, Trial and One Night, but um I mean I still like both movies. I was just kind of, you know, Do you like one more than the other or I mean not that like um, the apples and oranges? I think too. I like One Night in Miami more than uh Trial of the Chicago 7, but I I'd say they're kind of both in that same realm of like for different reasons why I was kind of just medium on both of them but I will say Sasha Baron Cohen very excellent in trial and same with Leslie Odom Jr. So See, I have I no-
1: disagree with with the Sasha Baron Cohen thing. I like really? Sasha Baron Cohen a lot as Borat and I think he's a very smart man Interesting. in general but in terms of that cast I would have gone with someone like Mark Rylance for for supporting actor over sasha michael Cohen. keaton well michael keaton but i mean that's an obvious <laughs> bias but but in terms of like looking at that cast i think like honestly um mark rylance is the one that kind of stuck out the most to me. but again it's a very subtle performance
0: yeah so I, I mean i i think yeah i agree with you i like rylance in the movie but i guess with sasha because He's so known for the comedic stuff. Well, when he's he playing a,
1: a tragic comedian
0: yeah. as well, yeah. you know, it, as a
1: part of, you know, counterculture playing Abby Hoffman. And, and Abby Hoffman is like, the, the Oscars love was transformative stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they- Where
0: he's like, it's still Sasha, but it's you know a little some dramatic flair in there, and you're like, "Ooh, this is surprising." And then uh, people, I mean, I I fell for that. I really like him in the movie, so I I'm kind of fine oh, with that. It, but I it, it. don't get me wrong; I would definitely take. I'm I'm still happy that
1: over Jared Leto <laughs> over Jared Leto but also in in that cast that he got nominated over or, like yeah, Franklin Jella or or Eddie Redmayne like I mean yeah. that's something to also take a little bit of a sigh of relief but in terms of like having that ensemble it is interesting that it kind of landed all on Sasha Baron Cohen where a lot of people were thinking okay maybe this year we'll see in you know like SAG or Golden Globes you know uh, a sort of different a rotation of those actors pop up yeah. you know one here one there where you know at the end of the day judas and the black messiah gets two nominees and supporting actor for two co-leads which is yeah. kind of funny
0: when trial actually has supporting actors um actor in a leading role let's just go there next so you have uh riz Ahmed in sound of metal chadwick boseman in ma rainey's black bottom anthony hopkins in the father gary oldman in mank and steven yun in minari um i think this one I, I don't see any glaring snubs or anything. I, I think these were the Delroy Del Lindo. Lindo. Yeah. Lindo and Defied yeah. Bloods, which again, I totally forgot. Going right when you into said that.
1: this award season, I yeah. thought he was going to be one of like the like the surefire safe bets, even if people didn't love the movie yeah. because that the
0: Five bloods kind of fell
1: fell off the like it did. It got a score nomination. Um yeah. but 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 going into this season again, like that performance is so he is
0: great, yeah. Big
1: and like obviously that scene that keeps on circulating online and everything where, you know, he has the kind of big monologue that's, you know, directly to the camera about his character and sort of, you know, the trials and tribulations he faced. Um, as a Vietnam vet and sort of the PTSD that he is still suffering with and has basically his life has been destroyed um, is an amazing scene. And I think it's like that performance is right up there with like Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood in terms of the showiness and, you know, like just really kind of pulling you into his orbit. And again, it's a genre movie as well. Spike Lee isn't always, you know, uh, uh, accessible when it comes to the Academy, but in recent years, he's kind of been more... Uh, embrace, especially you know after uh, Black Klansman so it, that is probably the one nominee in that category that it's kind of like or, or the one snub in that category that I'm kind of like I really do wish that he was there because like that feels like you know a great, yeah, I agree with that. A great yeah. character actor having a lead performance who's had an amazing career, who's also worked with Spike Lee before, and, you know, Crooklyn, who was – he was great in that as well. Um, it, it just kind of feels a little bit like a missed opportunity. And then, I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of people, including myself, that really liked Mads Mikkelsen and, and – you know, another round. And, and I'm I'd sure agree with that,
0: but I mean, there, another round showed up in more places yeah.
1: than I expected it. Yeah. To, and so and that's okay also a that. very subtle performance, but talking about subtle performances, Steven Yeun, uh yeah. being nominated for best actor for Minari, you know, that was one that was kind of, it, it was always debated whether or not he would show up in, in, in the final five. And I have found that interesting as well, because that movie was so universally embraced by critics and the majority of the award bodies you know he kept yeah. showing up but there was still this hesitation because he is the first asian american actor to be nominated uh for best actor in that category that's, so that's wild yeah that's really wild. yeah and and again like you look at what steven yun's been doing in the last few years you know um speaking of the like, man what a rise. Yeah. i was sorry to bother you but like you know being in that burning oakja the guy has proven you know invincible inv- academy
0: Award nominee and invincible coming up soon. The the,
1: the guy has proven that you know the Walking Dead is a piece of shit, and it turns (laughs) great actors into shit. Um, But he is absolutely wonderful in that movie, and again, it's a very subtle performance. Personally, my heart would go to like in terms of if I was picking somebody, it would be Riz. I think Riz Ahmed's performance
0: is. Just my quite- Once in a lifetime for for yeah, like. An I agree actor. completely. Um, who would you bump out for Lindo? I'd probably bump out Oldman to be honest. Yeah,
1: you know what? I I like Mank. Uh, um, but Mank's one of those movies where it's like I think I respected it more than I loved it, and yeah, I just don't have the passion for it. But oh, yeah, yeah, I would bump out, uh, Oldman definitely for for Lindo or or Mads Mikkelsen or or somebody else again. I think Gary Oldman is fine in the movie and I think the movie is, is well-made and, and, and respectable, but it's one of those films that is kind of a default nominee because it's about Hollywood. And yeah. because it's about Hollywood, it's like, we got to nominate it. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that that's, you know, like it feels like, okay, yeah. that could have been for a really well-deserving nominee, you know, like I totally agree. Gary Oldman that, yeah. had again, like, you know, like Delroy Lindo, Gary Oldman, there was a time where Gary Oldman was being snubbed all the time, you know, yeah. for Sid and Nancy and for stuff he should ears. have been
0: nominated for. Yeah.
1: And now the Academy, like, I really liked the, the nomination he got for Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I know you're not the biggest fan of that film. Yeah, but that, I haven't
0: seen it in a long time, but yes.
1: But that was the movie where I was like, okay. Thank you for nominating him for, for a performance that you know he's worthy of, of of being nominated for. And I like Darkest Hour, but Darkest Hour but then he is, wears a
0: fat suit. And he he's wins more it, yeah. of his
1: kind of like what you'd expect. And it's even stranger <laughs> he thinking he that he
0: movie,
1: yeah. he he's a you know, that kind of against the grain kind of actor in his early years, and now he's playing, you know, Winston Churchill and yeah. winning an Oscar in the more traditional fair. Mank is more traditional, even though there's no prosthetics or makeup, it's just Gary Oldman. But
0: it's about Hollywood. So- so you yeah. know that bumps it up to the top um let's move into actress in a supporting role so you got um uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat, subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit. Once glorious nation of Kazakhstan, uh, Glenn Close for hillbilly elegy, uh, Olivia Coleman for the father, Amanda Seyfried for mank and, uh, you Jung young, uh, for Minari. Yes. Um, so I mean here I'll, I'll kick it off. Love to see, uh, Maria for Borat. That's fantastic. um, I mean, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, like, I mean, I guess it was sort of expected, but it's still kind of comical that, you know, they like that people don't see through that and just go, this is ridiculous. But again, sometimes the most, Eric, you've always taught me this, the most sometimes gets in, right? The most makeup, the most acting uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Well, Glenn Close is celebrating and she's one of only three actors to do so uh
1: to be nominated for both a Razzie and uh yeah, Oscar for the, the same, same year. category
0: in the same yeah. year. Uh and yeah, it is the She's, most <laughs> Yeah, it's awful, but whatever. Uh and then again with Mank, I'm just very indifferent on Mank. So uh I think Amanda Seafried was fine in the movie, but um I, I wouldn't have I don't remember much about her performance. Uh but the rest of the nominees, I think the father is great. Minari's obviously fantastic. So um but the I love seeing Maria for Borat uh, get in there. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, like her nomination is interesting because, again, like a lot of people were thinking like that might not happen because of it being like a you know pseudo documentary style uh, film and comedy, and comedy, yeah. and thinking like okay, she's also relatively unknown um i was mixed on the film i think it mixed positive but i didn't i just felt like it didn't have the same bite as the first movie um but it was wonderful seeing her get the nomination and i have to disagree with you though i think uh, amanda seyfried and uh, nominated for mank is in terms of like the movie having a pulse it is the best performance of the film and also like it just her her in general again like you think of i like, like her Steven a lot. Yeun, yeah. you know yeah. in the last little while she's worked with people like david lynch and paul schrader and she's always good in everything she's in even the mamma mia that. movies or yep. you know chloe or jennifer's body and it's like it's just nice to see her like kind of get rewarded for the great work that she's been doing in an eclectic work that she's been doing in the last That's little fair. while um if i were to pick like like my personal favorites i think it would come down to uh olivia coleman in the father and yun yun Jun for minari yeah. because uh, both of those performances are sort of against what you would expect you know the traditional kind of grandma and daughter roles and sort of looking at those characters and how they're sort of a part of a family dynamic that is feeling a certain strain and in a certain moment in time in 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 life. And I think that both of them are fantastic in in their respective movies. So um
0: I I'd mean, agree with you. Cole,
1: Coleman yeah. already has won. I would find it funny if Coleman won again, just beating Glenn Close for the second time, in the same way that, like, uh, Hillary Swank beat uh, Annette Benning twice for um, Million Dollar Baby and uh, Boys Don't Cry over. Uh, American Beauty and being Julia because that was kind of like the 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 narrative that was created for those two. So I wonder if that could happen again. But I I honestly would not be surprised if Glenn Close wins just because Glenn Close has now been nominated eight times and it's just yeah. kind of like we should give her this be, now.
0: Come on, they can't. I know, they will,
1: though. That happens sometimes. And it's a shame because Glenn Close, I mean, we're ragging on her for this performance. I but love Glenn Close, she's great. don't get me wrong. She's yeah. wonderful. And she was she was wonderful in The Wife, but like, I look at her performance in Dangerous Liaisons. DeVille,
0: come on. Yeah, d- Dangerous
1: Liaisons, when she was nominated in 88, is when she should have won. And- yeah. Again, w- wonderful actor and everything she's in, but it's horrible like, movie. It's like the one movie you're going to give her her for is yeah. one of her weakest performances. E- yeah, like even Albert Nobbs has more subtlety. Yeah, <laughs> than
0: this. <laughs> Oh man. Um, actress in a leading role. So you have Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day uh for The United States versus Billy Holiday, uh, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomad Land, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Uh, anything stand out to you here, uh, Eric? I think the uh, Andra Day for Billy Holiday, I wasn't expecting. Um, didn't even hear much about. Billie Holiday, you saw it. Right? I, I did, I
1: did, and she is very good in the film. And this is this would be the the second time somebody's been nominated for playing Billie Holiday. Diana Ross for Lady Sings the Blues in the nineteen seventies uh, was nominated for uh, actress in a leading role, in, uh, playing the same uh, role, the same character, the same uh, uh, musical figure. Um, the movie directed by Lee Daniels. I can see what he's going for and kind of doing like this surreal biopic, but it just doesn't work. It never really sticks the landing. But the one thing that kind of keeps the movie consistent is day's performance. And even though the golden globes obviously don't matter really in terms of like how they affect the awards it that boost of her winning i think did probably help a little bit and sort of get people to watch the movie uh before the deadline
0: yeah that's fair
1: um and and again like nothing like like this is like her first like feature lead role and i mean just to do that is is great but um of the five nominees i i mean i know that your your hearts with carrie mulligan for promising young woman yeah I but would, i'm
0: also here for francis mcdormand
1: yeah i gotta go with mcdormand because i just like every time i see her in a movie especially in the last few years i love that she just doesn't care either oh yeah she's I, like, love I love I don't- her <laughs> attitude it's amazing yeah.
0: <laughs> she's like i don't i don't want to be nominated leave me alone that's
1: the <laughs> attitude i aspire to um but she she's always been good and like she's like again like she won for three billboards she won for fargo both worthy wins and, and amazing performances, but then you look at those performances and they're so different. And then Nomad Land as well is like it's just like she I think she is one of the great actors working, period. And um, you know, I'm really excited yeah. to see what her Lady Macbeth will be like. But I love yeah. her I don't give a shit attitude either. Like that's oh, I, I aspire to. Um, but it's just a wonderful nuanced layered performance that again i think if she hadn't won for three billboards she'd probably win and like also since nomadland is nominated for best picture in which she is nominated as a producer i think nomadland
0: she'll win there <laughs> for yeah her. she's probably the front or i mean Land's probably the front runner right now for best picture so i mean i i that's why i probably i could see carrie mulligan winning but I could see here,
1: Viola Davis winning for I could also her, see that, yeah. her Best Actress as well, because Viola Davis has already won for Supporting for Fences, another August Wilson adaptation um, directed
0: by Denzel, who's a producer on Ma Rainey. Uh, Who she- she's kind of weirdly doing an impression of in the right, movie. Right,
1: <laughs> right. But she hasn't won for Best actress yet, right? And Viola Davis again, this amazing character actor who you know you look at the early part of her career in 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 you know the late '80s, early '90s into the 2000s, did a ton of television and theater and was like a go-to character actor. Her career really kind of got that notice with with doubt and having you know a, a role that's only about five to ten minutes long and then from there it was like okay we, we're we finally seeing her as this great actor that you know is always doing amazing work even in you know mixed to mediocre movies like the help and things like that which she yeah. also got nominated for um but like the, the the nomination like i also kind of feel like this is almost weirdly like we didn't nominate you for Widows, which we should have.
0: Yes, <laughs> um, you were great in that, and we didn't nominate any. Our bad. Um, Same with Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, and and it's just like so we didn't nominate you know two like two your 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 best performances in in a great movie that we didn't nominate at all. Oops, <laughs> our fault. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and like I I don't really care for pieces of a woman, but I like Vanessa Kirby and like, I I think she's very good in the movie, but I'm mixed on that. But, but I will say this with about her is that I do think she is a movie star. And this is another kind of sort of acknowledgement of that. And that, you know, moving on, she's going to be, in a ton of movies and hopefully there'll be uh some great ones and she'll be back again and and also just seeing carrie mulligan again get nominated is 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 fantastic as well just in the sense that she's amazing and promising young woman but you know talking about uh, amanda seyfried like the work that she's been doing since her last nomination in an education you look at movies like you know we were speaking of, of widows, the Steve McQueen movie, but also shame, you know, that one scene where she sings New York, New York is, is incredible or never let me go or drive, you know, like yeah. she, or inside Lewin Davis, which she should have been nominated for supporting actress for that. Um, she's just doing great work. And the last couple of years it's, it's kind of gone on, gone unnoticed and she's, taken kind of more supporting roles in something like mudbound but promising young woman is the movie that's kind of like it you you just can't ignore that performance and i totally agree and i you. think it i think like I, mulligan at this moment is the front runner but at the same time i wouldn't count out viola davis i think Frances mcdormand would be more of a threat if she hadn't won recently and if nomadland wasn't nominated for picture which she's also nominated because she's a producer
0: yeah, I'd agree with everything you said there. Uh, let's. I'm just going in order that they have it on the Academy website. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, animated feature film. So we have Onward Over the Moon, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, uh, Soul and Wolf Walkers. So a couple Pixar nominees here. Um, I'd say probably Soul and Wolf Walkers are the two front runners here. Um, I know there's a lot of people in that Wolf Walkers camp, um, but I think soul is one of the best pictures of last year and i would have liked to see it get into best picture but um i'd be i mean animated i think those two uh, i'd be fine with either one i was kind of medium on wolf walkers but i still think it's a solid animated movie
1: yeah i i mean i feel pretty much the same i i liked uh wolf walkers and on sort of reflection i i like it even more just in terms of it being sort of uh a different choice than just going yes, with i like, agree you know your traditional disney, <laughs> disney movie disney pixar yeah which you're seeing again both onward and soul nominated but soul i think is even if it wasn't a pixar disney movie and it was still the same film it, it, it's just such a perfect movie um and yeah. and and i think that it, it's, it's going to win it. Deny it that. Yeah. yeah. But the onward nomination, it almost feels like, again, like this is a it's year, just, this is a yeah. weird year. So it's like, we'll give it the nomination. And also because it, it did play quote unquote, theatrically right before everything shut down. So it's right. almost like we're, we're nominating a film that did play theatrically.
0: Yeah, if Raya and the Last Dragon came out a couple weeks earlier, it probably would have been. But you in know what? Here, it will get but... nominated next oh, it year. Will. I yeah, I, I, I think it will. Like, like that... I'm just saying, if you were going to choose another, di- I I was medium on Raya as well, Same. but I would take that over Onward. Um, yeah, I would as well. But then also try to showcase other things. Then does Disney need two plus nominations? Every
1: yeah. Time? Like I think next year it'll be interesting as well because like something like Flea um, could uh, get nominated in both documentary
0: if it makes and a short animated. list and animated. Yeah. So, yeah, which is cool. Um, cinematography. So you have uh, Sean Bobbitt for Judas and the Black Messiah. Eric Messerschmidt for Mess. Messerschmitt. <laughs> Messerschmidt. I almost got it, Eric. I almost got it. Uh, Darius Volsky for um, uh, News of the World. Joshua James Richards for Nomad Land. And Fadon Papa Michael <laughs> for Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, trial is the only one here that I'm kind of like. Eh, on, I, I like that um,
1: cinematographer, but he he is also kind of one of like the default kind of nominees because he also got nominated for um, Ford versus Ferrari. So yeah. he kind of takes like either the big studio films and, and kind of interjects some style into them, even though there's not really that much style in The Child of Chicago 7. That's
0: why I'm kind of
1: like – But it's glossy. Like, it's glossy, guess, right? And yeah. that's what
0: sometimes sticks out. But
1: I got to say the two nominees I'm most – happy with is sean bobbitt judas and the black messiah again this almost feels like the the steve mcqueen for widows you yeah. know we, well he's never been nominated like 12 really? Years of slave he was oh, not wow. nominated for cinematography so this is his first nomination ever and he also shot um uh, uh derek Francis' uh the place beyond the pines that opening you know sh- over the shoulder shot of, of ryan gosling walking from his trailer uh That's to great, the circus yeah. tent is 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 incredible um but yeah, like this is this is his first nomination, and it's just to think like the work that he's done with Steve McQueen and Hunger and Shame, Twelve Years a Slave, uh, Widows, and then working with Eric C. in France and 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 doing amazing work overall. Just to see that is incredible. But Judas and the Black Messiah also visually stands out. There are scenes that are just so provocative and yeah. fascinating and beautifully shot, obviously. And then Darius Volsky, like News of the World, isn't a masterpiece by any means. But he's again oh, it's a I, pretty movie. It's a pretty movie. And again, he's never been nominated. And he's Ridley Scott's oh, wow. uh, regular guy right now. And and I mean he's shooting uh uh the Adam Driver Lady Gaga House of Gucci movie as well. But I mean he was he wasn't nominated for The Martian, for example. So like, you know, him getting nominated for like an old school Western it's almost you know, we, we we talked about it in our review for for News of the World. I mean, I think it's almost like you resisted the uh the handheld cam for, for most of the movie will give you the nomination. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Good for you. I didn't,
0: I didn't want to barf after watching it. So no Oscar nom. Anything missing here that you would have liked to see or um, I off mean, the top of your head? There's
1: movies that like
0: – I loved Minari, the look of Minari.
1: I think yeah. that, that was really beautiful. I mean, a, a movie that was never going to get nominated and has not shown up anywhere – I'm thinking of Ending Things uh I think is right. is one of the best shot movies. But I,
0: like how how that isn't a better shot movie than Trial of the Chicago 7 doesn't make any sense. Sound of me, Metal but, is another yeah.
1: film that I think is is as excellently
0: shot uh no offense to this guy i just like i'm yeah. i don't know it's a courtroom drama with some action sequences <laughs> and i'm like it's nothing the like close up of mark rylance's wig i think were the yeah. things that put it yeah. over the i am like edge. there's nothing in that movie where i'm like oh that was gorgeous
1: um defy blood's first cow never rarely yeah. sometimes always all of those movies i think are also oh, the nest the Nest is yeah. one of the best
0: looking films of last year. Wasn't gonna show up anywhere. No, like no, no. Carrie Coon in the Nest, how yeah. how like come on. Yeah.
1: If that was if that was released by <throat> A24 or a bigger studio, it could have had a, a, a better push. And nothing against IFC. I think IFC is a wonderful studio, but I think that if it had a bigger company behind it, it might have had a better chance just overall being more present in the award season than just like the spirit awards or something like that, or, or the Gotham awards. But yeah, like I'm thinking of ending things cinematography wise and Jesse Buckley as well for best actress. Like those are, those are nominees where it's like, that's not going to happen, but like clearly they
0: are better than like objectively (laughs) better, better. but yeah, but there it's such a, you know, divisive movie or a movie that people just wouldn't have even, checked out that um i don't know or it's just too strange for people to even give Yeah, it or shot, they would have right? checked
1: out five minutes yeah
0: watching the film exactly exactly uh costume design will fly through you have emma ma rainey's black bottom mank mulan and pinocchio uh no complaints here Pinocchio
1: really. did a lot better, a better well yeah. um forgot but, it
0: even came out yeah but. the
1: second stab that Robert Benini had not playing <laughs> Pinocchio this time but Geppetto uh, a movie that actually has not even been released in Canada yet yeah um so that Showing up in more than one category is is kind of interesting as well. Um, just because I'm sure that.
0: most people are like, there was a Pinocchio movie
1: last year. Wait, are, are, uh. did we nominate the Roberto Benini movie? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, did we go back to 2004? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think like Emma or Ma Rainey will probably win yeah. in that category. And again, Emma, that nomination is kind of like that is like the tailor made nomination for. Oh yeah, period costume piece. period yeah. piece. But like I would have loved to have seen something like First Cow be nominated for that in that category as well because there's a moment where boots are used in a very specific manner. Um mm-hmm. and and I think that that would have been interesting to use or even again, The Nest. I think the the Nest does a very subtle kind of way of bringing period and 80s fashion to the forefront and and sort of taking American and British styles and sort of you know, putting them together and trying to, you know, make both work. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of worthy nominees that, that don't get nominated because they're either contemporary or they're too subtle. Um, but yeah, these kind of feel like the usual suspects. Yeah,
0: I'd agree with that. Uh, directing it's in a weird order. So <laughs> we're just going through the way that they have it set up. Um, oh, I think cause it's an alphabetical order of category, whatever. Um. Here's a surprise. Uh, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, uh, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald uh, Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Um, two women so, in this category, yeah, which is fantastic. very exciting. And two Asian filmmakers as well. Uh, which which just, is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and then Vinterberg getting in, I think, is uh because we talked about it the other day. I think we weren't recording. We were just talking of who would maybe get bumped out. And it looks like Sorkin got bumped out for Vinterberg. Fuck you, from Sorkin. The, from the from the DGA five, right? Because yeah. that's what we were talking about the other day. And um which I'm fine with because like again, trial I think is such a fine. Middle of the road movie that, uh, eh, like, and I don't think Sorkin is a great director. I think he is a great writer, but um, so I'm fine with him getting bumped out and seeing a surprise like, you know, Vinterberg getting in for another round is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like Another Round quite a bit. Another Round is one of those movies where I wouldn't necessarily like. If I were picking, like, a a, a random directing nominee, I would yeah. have gone with Darius Martyr, uh for yeah. Sound of Metal or Florian Zeller. Shaka King. For, or, yeah, Shaka King for Judas and Black Messiah. Or Regina King, uh, even. Regina King. But Regina King's direction, I think, is is more interesting than Aaron Sorkin's uh, directing I agree. Child of yeah. Chicago 7. If we're going to go with kind of, like, the more sort of actor-focused sort of uh, talky dramas um, and and protest films. But seeing Thomas Vinterberg get nominated is not only interesting, it shows you that the, the European contention of um, the Awards Guild or the the awards body is very present because it, it did quite well ba- during BAFTA. Um, and, and Vinterberg, the narrative behind that movie is also, I think, something that kind of maybe came into play a little bit because – Not only do you have a guy who started out with Lars von Trier and doing the Dogma 95 stuff, but also what this movie, what this film was supposed to be versus what it became. You know, there's a tragic story there. And I think that that's something that, you know, Thomas Vinterberg has been very open in talking about losing his daughter, um, and his daughter, cause the, originally the idea that the, the movie was going to be a father daughter story and it was going to be more comedic. Uh, and it was going to be Mads Mikkelsen and, uh, Vinterberg's daughter in, in the daughter role. And she tragically passed away, uh, it, it, uh, during a trip in South Africa and, oh, wow. um, you know, Mads and him talked about, you know, whether or not to, to do the project. And he said he would need some more time to kind of like change the script and the story and, and, and sort of refocus it. And, you know, this is, that's the film, another round, the movie that we saw is what it ultimately became. And, and I think, you know, like that movie, again, like in terms of talking about like comedy, you know, this is a, a, a dramedy, but the comedy in, The drama is funny, but also it gets to a point where, you know, like watching a drunk person be drunk isn't funny anymore, but it does it in such a way that is very subtle and nuanced and the 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 directing branch always throws one of these weird curveballs, you know, whether it be Lenny Abramson for room or Spike Jones for being John Malkovich. Um, you know, the, 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 the one that you're not really expecting, although there were some people predicting, okay, Thomas Vinterberg could show up. I think Chris Tapley was, was somebody who kind of like said like, you know, 11th hour, he's probably going to show up the way that Tapley even sort of predicted, um, uh, Willem Dafoe getting nominated for At Eternity's Gate at the last minute, so I think that nomination is is fascinating. I don't think anybody else other than Chloe Zhao is going to win that to award.
0: Win. Yeah, I agree um,
1: with that, and rightfully so. I I think that that's a nomination and win. Um, that'll be really exciting. And also going back to cinematography, I think. uh joshua james richards will win oh for nomad for nomad yeah.
0: um it's gorgeous yeah yeah i think we're yeah i think uh, you're right on the money on both of those i love seeing emerald Fennell get in there i love promising a young woman lee isaac chung from minari fantastic fincher's that one where obviously he's fincher so like i and again mank being about hollywood like i'm not surprised yeah
1: at and, all and, that and he again, gets in like there. gary oldman or you know we were talking about Del- delroy lindo like fincher has done so much great stuff yeah. Um, that, like, it's surprising that it took so long for the academy to embrace him because it, this is only Fincher's. Um- Third or fourth nomination? Did he get? Was he one of the producers announced for Mank specifically? No, no, he wasn't. Uh,
0: No, I don't think so. so, This is
1: this is his third nomination for directing after The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Social Network. So he's got three nominations for directing. But you look at his career and you look at the movies he's made, and it's like, okay, well, why wasn't he nominated for you know seven? I mean, again, in retrospective, that's one thing. But seven is a really caustic movie at times yeah yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. so you know again it's almost like the academy's trying to make up to
0: him you know for again, being it's the, the perfect movie they love nominated yeah. they're like you made a movie about hollywood all right in. you're <laughs> in <laughs> and you're a name people know you're and, in and also it's
1: kind of like well you haven't directed a film since gone girl which was back in 2014 we're happy to have you back and like we're happy that you're you're making the movies that you want to make and that you you know adapted or you you made a film based on your your dad's script
0: yeah uh documentary feature uh collective crip camp the mole agent my octopus teacher and time so a couple movies i noticed did not make it in dick johnson is dead uh your one of your favorite movies of the year um uh, what's bloody the, those uh, empty pockets? Bloody, yeah, but
1: that was yeah. not going to happen. I even know, if, if it still, were possible,
0: I would love if it did. Yeah, but I just know those are two movies me, uh, you, and I talked about quite a bit last year. Yeah. Um but I mean, I have no, you know, I, other than that, I really do love Dick Johnson is dead. Um, but the documentary nominations, I feel like all you talk about this a lot. Like they always sometimes. <laughs> there's some random thing that is left out that you thought was the front runner. They don't go for populist nominees, you know, like they
1: never, they never vote for the film. That is the highest grossing box office film or not always, because I think collective has been pretty much critically acclaimed by everybody that has seen it, like in terms of like awards bodies. And it's, it's an, I think a masterpiece in sort of uh, the proceed, the journalist procedural thriller yeah. that it is um and it also being nominated for international film uh and romania being getting its first nomination ever for uh international uh uh feature is is exciting so you know like in time as well like time is a movie where like i was thinking oh is time gonna get snubbed because it's been one of the most talked about films of the year and like since last sundance it's you know been that kind of you know social justice movie That kind of everybody, like when they see it, they're like, "Yeah, like this is one of the best films of 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 the year." And sometimes, again, you know the the documentary branch kind of judges the film based on its popularity, and they'll nominate the movie that is kind of esoteric or sort of you know not popular in any you know shape or form. And this year, like Dick Johnson is dead, is fascinating because you have a movie that is dealing with the realities of dementia and losing somebody and the father on the narrative side has been pretty much embraced in, in in multiple categories. And so you think that like, Oh, that might actually help Dick Johnson is dead in terms of, you know, people wanting to see something as almost like a companion piece uh, to the father. And um, that film, Dick Johnson is dead is, is an amazing sort of, not only documentary but love letter to you know from a daughter to a, a father yeah. and losing somebody and and i think that the emotions are there and like i just i can't fathom anybody watching
0: that movie from start and to not finish and not thinking it's wonderful yeah like,
1: so it could have been just a
0: case of people not watching
1: it maybe or thinking th- that maybe. it was like but a it's comedy interesting cuz like
0: you i thought maybe the netflix thing but then you see my octopus teachers on there that's a netflix doc right? which is good then, it's a good movie yeah. but
1: it's that's more so like on like the visual side of things, so you have yeah. a doc- again, you have like a documentary filmmaker who, you know, in his life was feeling stressed in you know the late '90s and needed to get away from it all and decided to you know live off the coast and ends up befriending an octopus and sort of the life cycle of this octopus and it's it, it sounds silly, but like it is a really well made movie and it, it's it's a it's a beautiful film to kind of just get lost in. Um, but uh, you know, if I were picking over
0: that and Dick Johnson, I'd be like, well, Dick Johnson is, is like a better documentary. It's always interesting. I do want to watch time. So, uh, and I mean, I want to see a lot of these. I just collective um, is, is great. And I think collective has a good shot of winning, but I think also
1: time it like just recently being announced. I mean, time, One Night in Miami and uh, Sound of Metal will all be coming to the Criterion Collection and getting physical media uh, Blu-ray DVD releases. So I think that even could help a little bit and sort of people like being like, okay, well, if this is going to get it like a physical media release, especially if it's a documentary,
0: um, maybe I need to see it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Documentary short subject. um, You have Colette, uh, A Concerto is a Conversation, Uh, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha um i obviously i haven't seen any of these so
1: i've seen hunger ward and it's it's good the reason why i've seen hunger ward is because whoever is campaigning for it, whoever the pr person is kept bombarding every award body with emails on the film like it was literally like you don't even vote on documentary
0: short do you (laughs) no no no
1: no but we do get um I I did for documentaries and it was submitted for documentaries. Oh, right.
0: Because you did uh, that. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. So Um, that's where I
1: saw it. But they kept sending emails like every other week. Please watch. (laughs) Yeah. And then like to the point where it was – not that it was out of desperation. I get why they're doing it because it's a small movie. It's a small short. Like nobody's going to see it. But – Um, It got to the point where it's like they were like, okay, we're doing uh, special Q&As for the film. So we'll have you know Mark Ruffalo come in and do a a Skype Q&A or a Zoom Q&A for the movie. So they were pulling out
0: the big guns for that one. There you go. The Hulk, baby. Um, Film editing. uh, You have uh, The Father, um, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago 7. I... I have uh, this was interesting leading into um best picture cuz I feel like you know the five editing nominees are usually a pretty good um kind of uh foreshadowing of what might show up in best picture or what the front runners are um I mean, I love seeing sound of metal here. Uh, I think "Promising Young Woman" is wonderfully edited. The father, fantastically edited, something we talked about during our review during TIFF of how you take a stage play and make it very cinematic, and through the editing and the and the blending of those perspectives, I think, and the surreal elements of that movie, um, I think, is really shines through. And then. Uh, seeing Chloe Zhao get nominated here again because she edited her own movie is kind of cool too.
1: Yes, um, I, I I have to say that I think of of those five, the one that I I would pick personally is the father because it really does hinge on yeah. the magic trick of of sort of getting inside the mind of somebody with dementia, but using editing as the form of communication to do so. Yeah. And I think that I'd that's agree with the reason yeah. why something like The Father works as well. Wor- as yeah, because it's it like, again, like on paper, like it seems like a classic, like, you know, old white people – Movie that Stagy, would get nominated yeah. for a ton of Oscars and it is yeah. that, but then it isn't, you know, like I, I, I think I said in, in our TIFF review that it's like the the movie that Christopher Nolan aspires to direct one day. And it kind yeah. of feels like that's the way that Florian Zeller is playing with time and time being crucial to editing and how. Certain moments play out in the continuity, and also just—I mean, like—I'm I'm jumping ahead here, but like it getting nominated for production design, I think is also pretty wonderful because that movie, again, the editing and the continuity of what's in the shot and what's in the scene and and the and the flat that uh, that Anthony uh, Anthony Hopkins's Tony uh, Anthony character is sort of going through is is so vital to. The performance and sort of just the visuals of, of, of the film. So, I, I mean, again, I love seeing Sound of Metal nominated in this category, Nomad Land as well. Like, it's, it, you know, it's a solid category overall. And, like you said, like, it kind of helps kind of give you an idea of like what's going to be nominated for best picture. And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes there is that one that doesn't get nominated for best picture that sometimes actually wins. I mean, Everybody goes back to the reference of uh, the Born Ultimatum, you know, uh, yeah. being nominated uh, for editing and winning and, and not being nominated for best pictures. So sometimes when you have like an action film nominated for uh, editing, that's where uh, the win will go if it's not going to uh, play in best pictures. So it makes it even harder to predict what the winner is for best picture.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> international feature film. You have Another Round, Better Days, Collective, The Man Who Sold His Skin, and – kivadis ada um i'm cool with most of these i don't know if i there's anything that i saw international wise uh that i think is missing but another round is fantastic it's showing up in director um probably makes it the front runner here just because it's shown up in you know other categories but yeah um,
1: well it's also good that minari did not show up in this category. I agree with I that. I mean yeah. it
0: wasn't going to because it, it, the the
1: academy would not submit an American film for or international. international feature. Yeah. Um but for me uh, the collective I think is is amazing. Um I really like Another Round. The film that kind of blew me away when I was watching it most recently was Quvadus uh Ada which is yeah. about uh bo- the the bosnian kosovo uh conflict in the late 90s and it's um basically from the point of view of this uh interpreter and how um she has to kind of wrestle with the fact of doing her working for the un um and and the dutch specifically and sort of trying to keep her family safe from being slaughtered during the genocide um it is one of the most harrowing uh experiences i've had in in some time and the last act of this movie i haven't been able to shake like it's one of those films that it's it's a tough watch it's a really tough watch but it's one of those movies that i think when you are the direction is so strong in the film that when you are watching it you just you can't be helped but sucked into the event and how it kind of paints a really nasty picture of even just how the UN handled it and, and how the Dutch are basically – they just didn't have the backbone to step up to the plate. Is is damning. Like it's it's a damning movie in so many ways. Um, and I think it's it's an amazingly well directed film. So <clears throat> it getting nominated uh, is 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 really wonderful.
0: Nice. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. So, like Eric mentioned earlier, Pinocchio shows up in multiple categories that I don't think anyone knew a Pinocchio <laughs> movie came out last year. Um, Hillbilly Elegy, yeah, you know, there's a lot of makeup on Glenn Close and Amy Adams in that movie. So, sure, um, I think I'm I'm fine with most of these. I, I don't really. There's one glaring omission. And that's promising, young woman. I
1: think yeah. that the 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 makeup and the hairstyling is critical to the narrative and sort of, you know, that's a good Cassie point, yeah. creating sort of her alter ego slash vigilante character and sort of you know her going bar hopping and sort of seeking these and each time wearing a different out. kind of yeah you know, and it, and it and just feels like it was that was a crucial element to. The narrative and it to be omitted is uh, yeah. Strange.
0: I just because it's so much again, in the
1: forefront. Like we talked about, we made we just made fun of Hillbilly Elegy, but like it's so like in your face with like, look how we made Amy Adams look more like a junkie, or look how that's what old I mean Glenn with all Close these, is with our makeup. You know,
0: with mean, all of these movies, I feel like they're even a little bit more prevalent than Promising Young Woman because it is just Carrie Mulligan, you know, dressing up in different you know outfits and hairstyles and doing makeup going out where i feel like yes it is very important like you said but when you compare it to something like a pinocchio a Mank, ma rainey hillbilly well, it's or contemporary Emma. as well yes right? it's exactly like, it's
1: like a like, uh, uh, costume design like it's yeah it's a contemporary film and so makeup and costume for a movie like promising young woman doesn't stand out as much to, to me sort of yeah. you know appreciate in the moment you know like you can you can go back and be like oh yeah this like years from now you can go back and be like oh yeah this really did capture this kind of culture or this moment in 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 life but because it is now it kind of does get looked over and this is also we have to you know again awards really don't matter and you have to look at this category
0: and be like okay well you know suicide squad won in this category yeah i know so So (laughs) Can we take it seriously? Um, music, uh, original score. Uh, you have De 5 Bloods. You have Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. Uh, so you got a double Reznor and Ross nomination, which is those guys I feel like just keep uh, getting bigger. and uh, They were art. obviously Reznor in Nine Inch Nails is obviously a huge artist already, but him as a composer for film, in television um, with like, watchmen as uh, well yeah and yeah i just feel like their profile you know they keep getting bigger and bigger when it comes to uh composers so um love seeing them pop up twice um james newton howard's score for news of the world i thought was uh quite good as well as well as um uh minari's score to five bloods uh, i yeah i i have no problems with any of these i think they're all great scores
1: yeah i'm just happy that uh that's for score and cinematography. Cherry did not show up. Um, Yeah. It's a cherry. Cherry didn't get a
0: single (laughs) nomination.
1: Uh, That nomination for cinematography almost feels like the cinematography branch of uh, the guilds trolling everybody in a weird way yeah. um
0: but yeah that butthole
1: shot <laughs> I, I think that this is gonna probably go to reznor and and ross but again they could
0: and feast vo- or or do you think uh, yeah yeah make. for
1: soul for soul yeah but they could split the vote because of the the double nomination but i think that it will be for soul
0: yeah i agree with that uh best original song you have uh fight for you from judas and the black messiah hear my voice from trial of the chicago seven Husavic, uh from eurovision song contest the story of fire saga um oh god i'm gonna uh, i'm just gonna say scene from the life ahead uh and speak now from one night in miami um love seeing eurovision get in here a little I disappointed I it that it was yeah ding, ding dong, dong. Yeah. <laughs> Um. But I have no problems with any of this, really.
1: Yeah, same. I f- I feel like it really kind of comes down to um, One Night in Miami and maybe Trial of Chicago Seven, which is kind of like your classic like anthem song. Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, to be honest, none of the five, even Judas and the Black Messiah, I'm I'm particularly like, oh, this is like you know, a, a, a real quote unquote banger,
0: if you will. Um, no, I mean, yeah, again, I would have loved to see Yaya ding dong. In there, yeah. But yeah. I, but I think the one night in Miami song, you know, it, is, is fantastic. Yeah. It works
1: again to Leslie Odom jr's favor, emotionally speaking and performance wise. And it is critical to his character or him playing Sam cook. So, um, I I, I think that probably is the standout song in that category. And as much as I love Judas and the Black Messiah the most, I think, out of those nominees, that song didn't really register with me other than like, oh, it was a part of the movie. But nothing against it either. It's just, just, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to say Best Picture to the end. And then so I'll keep going. Uh production design, you have uh The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. So uh Tenet gets a nomination here. I think it's only one. For for I for a second there when, when I saw Tenet pop up, I thought it was in sound.
1: <laughs> I was laughing my ass I, off.
0: I know. I was I wouldn't have been surprised if it did, but um, I th- p- some people thought it might get a score nomination, right? But yeah, it didn't yeah. show up there. But so uh, Tenet's only nomination in production design, which I, I the can, movie that saved I Hollywood, right? You know. Oh yeah, you know uh, I'm mostly fine with all of these as well. Um, I think, like we said, the flat uh, design in the father is um, set up quite well for what that movie needs to be. Ma Rainey again, single location sort of movies and stage with adaptations as well. Yeah, um, Mank that is an obvious one based on even our previous conversations of being, you know, a period Hollywood set movie Uh, news of the world, uh, a gorgeous movie as well. So yeah, I have no, no qualms with any of this.
1: Yeah. I I think the father is the strongest here of, of the five nominees um, in, in my opinion. And again, how the continuity changes and sort of like the subtle, yeah. Differences between sort of you know the mind playing tricks on you and and how that kind of plays out and and I think that th- like if if it wasn't nominated for production design I'd be pretty disappointed Bumped. in that yeah. category because like it feels like that is a perfect representation of what you can do to narratively sort of you know enhance enhance a, a, movie. a, a story yeah. and and yeah I think everything else here kind of feels you know, part and parcel. I, I think maybe the one that wasn't nominated that maybe kind of feels like, Oh, that I, I could have seen that being nominated is Emma. Um, yeah. Production design again, like kind of goes part and parcel with
0: costume. Yeah. Period so, piece stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, The shorts. So for animated, you have burrow genius. Low Loki. <laughs> uh, if anything happens, I love you. Opera. Yes. People. Uh, and then for live action, you have feeling through, uh, the Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Uh, I will be honest, I have not seen any of the shorts.
1: I haven't either. The only one I'm aware of is The Letter Room because it stars Oscar Isaac as a correctional officer with a sweet mustache.
0: That sounds great. Yep. I will have to watch that. And I think it was his production company that kind of helped uh, produce the, the short. makes sense. Uh, best Sound. So is this the first year with the combined best sound So this year
1: for the Oscars, it's 23 categories instead of 24.
0: I think they probably should either add casting or stunts. Stunts. They definitely should do both, Eric, I think, (laughs) and how they haven't yet. But remember, they were going to do best popular film. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sakes. Get out (laughs) of here. What are you, the Critics' Choice Awards? Come on. Uh, Man. So best sound, you have Greyhound, uh, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and sound of metal, um, I mean, I think uh, sound of metal. Come on, you have like, to. I just it like, has to be. To.
1: I mean, let's just be honest though. The film that was snubbed was Tenant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best inaudible sound. Um, yeah, I think you got to give it to sound of metal here. The rest are, I think, all have great sound. Um, I mean, I think Manc- Soul.
1: I think Soul would have done like would have won this category if sound of metal wasn't there.
0: Yeah, and I would say Mank because of that, you know, um, yeah, the mono and just being period authentic. Except for the cinematography, which is digital. Which does. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Visual effects, uh, Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, uh, (laughs) Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. So I feel like this category was the most glaring to me that we did not have many big movies last year. Right. um, Because when, I I mean, I think Midnight Sky's CG looked janky. I remember watching that with you and going, this looks kind of rough. Yeah. Um, And I mean, Tenet, Sure, Mulan. Sure. Well, Tenant didn't get the sound um,
1: nomination, so they threw so they threw it in visual yeah. effects.
0: But then I'm like, uh, yeah, I I guess the Tenant visual effects just makes sense um and then one and only ivan yeah you have some cg animals so i guess that also kind of tracks but like this was, i don't even know what love and monsters so is. love and monsters
1: is a film that i think we would both really like but it hasn't like you can import it from the u.s but it hasn't been released okay um like on itunes or or any streaming service i think netflix in canada will be releasing it this spring sometime um but it's with uh uh dylan o'brien am i am i correct on that because sure. it's it's one it's um the leaf or one of the leads from deep uh deep water horizon oh
0: it's got good reviews yeah, yeah it's yeah. dylan o'brien Dylan yeah. o'brien
1: yeah and and um it's uh written the kid that was in
0: the was he in maze runner yes no. yeah yeah and yeah, it's okay. written
1: by brian duffield who also uh wrote and directed spontaneous last year and it's like a love story monster movie about a couple being separated and oh, the guy and trying to...
0: In it? Yeah.
1: Apparently, it's really good, and apparently the visual effects are like a standout, and I'm actually kind of excited oh. to watch it.
0: Yeah, same. I had no idea it even existed. Um, there you go. Uh, distributed by Paramount. Yeah. Interesting. And it was a VOD release in the
1: US, and it's available on Blu-ray and 4K, and it's an import. You can... You know, I'm sure like yeah. it, it, people in Toronto who are listening to this, they can, um, you know, Pick email it up right, uh, at Bay street yeah. video, things yeah, like yeah, that, exactly. but, but, or you can, you know, order it on Amazon or what have
0: you. But yeah, it has not been released in Canada, uh, anywhere in Canada, like didn't even know it existed. Yeah. So when it popped up, I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> um, but then, yeah, again, it, this to me was the, the, if you're a fan of popular films full circle um i would just say like this is the one where i'm like oh yeah we didn't get many like blockbusters last year right. or like big, you think like, like something like, like maybe the
1: old guard might have shown up in this category not that I, we really like the movie but like that is kind of like your quote-unquote comic book adaptation of the year or even something like birds of prey would have been great to see like and yeah
0: and uh, speaking of makeup like that would have been how makeup and costumes costumes or or anything like that how does suicide squad get nominated birds of prey doesn't yeah it doesn't make any sense uh so dumb (laughs) i don't know uh Adapted screenplay you have, uh, Borat, subsequent movie film delivery of progi- prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. I loved them having to read this cause they had to read like 15 names and that long title right. for, for it. Um, I'm not going to read everyone's names, but there's a lot of people, uh, the father, uh, nomad land, uh, one night in Miami and the white tiger. Um, White Tiger was one that surprised me here, uh, for adapted. Um, and then uh, I like Raman Barani. I just haven't watched White Tiger yet. I don't know if you have it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's not. It's oh yeah, not you reviewed great, it. I forgot, but
1: yeah. it's it's a solid. Like it kind of makes sense that this would be his first place it shows up Oscar nomination for for anything. I mean, he's obviously a guy that the late Roger Ebert champion for for sundance with movies like you know chop shop and man push cart which just both got criterion releases and goodbye solo we i think saw at tiff uh at any price uh but that's <laughs> such a weird movie but I which it. is a very strange film yeah um but then yeah like uh, you know zach 90, efron is 99 a, homes like a as well was a movie,
0: movie that i think, 99 homes another weird movie that i right, like
1: what really works as well michael shannon yeah. specifically you know smoking Vaping. those uh, those e-cigarettes yeah. um it, great so like it it had a last minute surge and it is a strong movie. I mean, it, it plays very much like your classic gangster film. Um, so I, I can see why they went with that. And the book is really highly regarded. So um, of those, I would, I would say that the father um, is probably the front runner in that category. Like yeah. it just seems like that's kind of
0: where you would go with that. Um, I just love that nomination. Chloe Zhao got nominated for, Basically, everything Nomadland was nominated for because she just had a part in every aspect of that movie. Well,
1: it also just makes me even more excited now for Eternals. Like, like yeah. I'm just so excited to see what, what she's going is. to do. Yeah. And like, I'm I'm weirdly even more optimistic now that it's going to be a Chloe Zhao movie and not just like – you know, an MCU movie directed by, like, you know, a a really strong filmmaker whose voice comes in. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. But even, like, someone like Shane Black or James Gunn or people like that, where it's, like, their voice is distinct within the MCU. But it's still 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 an MCU movie. Where I'm sure this will
0: kind of be like that, but I – I don't. I'm very intrigued as well, Eric. Because like out of all of those filmmakers, I mean, you can say, "Oh, Shane Black's directing an MCU movie," and you kind of go, "Okay, I I understand what that's going to be." Um, but then when you say Chloe Zhao is directing an MCU movie, you go, "What is that going to be?" And then um, especially after seeing her last couple of movies and and Nomad Land, just I mean, taking off. So um, I, I'm I'm all here for it, and I yeah, I can't wait. I just want to get that first trailer, which we'll probably get with Black Widow, but if that ends up, you know, coming out and we'll talk about that, but in may. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with all of this too. Uh, original screenplay. You have Judas and the black Messiah, Minari, promising young woman, sound of metal and trial of the Chicago seven. Uh, all of these make sense to me as well. I like seeing the Lucas brothers be Oscar nominees. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously I love promising young woman, sound of metal, Minari, and then having, sorkin in there makes sense as well
1: <laughs> sorkin's the default nominee um
0: I, yeah if I, I was gonna put trial anywhere i yeah i throw sorkin a uh an screenplay nomination that's what i would give him every time but well, that would, did happen with
1: molly's game where he got nominated for adapted screenplay and that kind of felt like that was almost like Well, you know, it's got the most talking in it, so we'll we'll give it we'll give it a nomination. I think Promising Young Woman and Sound of Metal is actually very quite interesting because a lot of people thought that it wasn't going to show up, or if it did, it would show up in adapted screenplay. Because in years past, you've had movies like Whiplash and Moonlight uh, be nominated and adapted for, um, you know, being based on uh, unpublished oh, sure, material, or, or uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Moonlight was a, a, a one-person or a one-act play. That was never produced, but it was still submitted. So it was thrown into the adapted screenplay nomination when uh, – and then eventually it won. Um, and then with Whiplash, because Whiplash, the the short – the, short, the behind-the-scenes thing with that is that it was a proof-of-concept um, short. So they were making the short because they needed the money to fund the feature. They were always going to make the movie – but they needed
0: money for it, so to raise, to prove to them, prove to financiers and yeah, stuff that they had a good proof idea. of concept. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's why they made that, and that's why it ended up in adapted screenplay. So a lot of people with Sound of Metal because it was originally going to be a Derek Cinafrance movie that was structured differently and and was called Metalhead, um, kind of fell apart in the after or around the time of of Blue Valentine. And right. so then uh, Darius Martyr took sort of the remaining bits of that and then kind of turned it into the film that he was that 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 it became. And, and it was also just interesting to think now in retrospect that like it was originally gonna star Matthias Schoenhart's and Dakota Johnson and and interesting how like it I don't think it could have worked without Riz Ahmed or or Olivia Cook.
0: Yeah, I could see promising young woman winning here if it's going to win an individual kind of award for anything because it depends if carrie mulligan again uh if they decide to uh award her but yeah i'd be happy with you know any of these winning i guess uh, other than again i'm just so tepid on trial that i'm just, but you know like,
1: like trial is almost probably going to be the one that yeah. wins because it's almost like that middle of the road consensus and film. it's sorkin yeah, yeah so i don't know we'll and sorkin see. already won for a, a worthy adaptation with you know, social network. It's like you know, we we right. gave him the win, which is a great movie. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like he he's done great work as well with you know
0: Moneyball and contributing to that script.
1: I like Sorkin. Like- I just
0: don't him as a director. I'm like, I, again, we talk about going full Sorkin, and I I rather have someone rein him in a bit and also we'll elevate his writing that can yeah. complement the the dialogue with visuals. You know, yeah, where I don't find that he's the most interesting director. I like him working with. Director. And
1: he's always been honest about that as well. Like, he's always like, Yeah, I am the guy that will, you
0: know, write and direct a movie that is about people talking in a room. That's just me. That's who I am. And that's totally fine. He's, he knows his strengths, right? And that's why he's, you know, been fairly successful. So I have no problems with that. I just, Trial was that one movie. I remember texting you right after it ended. And I go, This is just okay enough that it will skyrocket it to the front runner of the Oscars. And I don't think it is the front runner. I do think Nomadland is and let's yeah. get into best picture. I think so, I
1: think Trial yeah. would be the front runner if it wasn't Netflix.
0: Yeah. Uh so best picture final category here. So we have The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So eight nominees um I'm pretty happy with this group. Um, I think I love seeing Promising Young Woman get in there, Sound of Metal get in there, Minari get in there, Judas and the Black Messiah get in there. The Father is a great movie. Um, uh, again, the only ones I don't care for are Mank and not even don't care for. I think Mank I was so indifferent on that I, I skewed negative, uh, where Trial I was indifferent on, but skewed sort of mixed- to mix negative positive like right in the middle there but which again it's funny um, that
1: the two social network alumni uh yeah you, yeah the, the, which i love social yeah.
0: network i said was the best movie we need the to bring them decade. back together again yes and not that's separate what I mean. them. give me social network too <laughs> like oh, we i don't want, want that matt yeah i really that. do want that and i think we will Two social to network <laughs> i actually do think we will get that in the next oh we have years. to we have to and um, like i would
1: love it if they brought in like people like an elon musk
0: oh they absolutely yeah it'll be great and they'll bring back everyone i think that movie will happen in the next uh even if it happens no who uh, sony released social network yeah um, so i don't know how that works because it's not like they own well they also the based it on the book so as like, well yeah. the
1: accidental uh billionaires
0: which that kind of followed me for the longest time on uh the twitter writer. yeah the writer of that movie and messaged me sometimes a long time ago um anyways uh this cr- uh, crew of nominees i i'm here for um would have liked to see soul get in here um uh and any glaring omissions or anything you're surprised at happy with eric for the well
1: clearly hillbilly elegy was robbed of God, a best picture God. and directing nomination no the one i i will say like i wasn't as hot on where i'm like mixed positive more so for the performances that i kind of thought might get nominated for best picture is ma rainey's black bottom i thought was yeah. probably like going to be a shoe-in for um for picture and also just thinking like Again, going back to Defy Bloods being mostly snubbed, I mean, like a lot of people were projecting Chadwick Boseman to be nominated for supporting for actor as well. But he got it in for Ma Rainey, Rainey yeah. right, and just got the one. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty content with those nominees. I, I would say I'm pretty much in line with you, where like the one I'm I'm most happy with just being there is Sound of Metal, um, because like again, like I was thinking that that movie was going to be too muscular and sort of divisive and experimental for awards groups. And it seems to be completely embraced. And every time it's recommended to somebody, I, I don't think I've, I've, I've heard anybody say that it's a bad film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just wonderful to see that. And like, again, like I, I, Judas and the black Messiah and promising young woman, I think are, are really wonderful movies. And um, it is interesting to think like, okay, again, how would have those films done if there was no pandemic because promising young woman was supposed to come out in april of last year and then Judas and the Black Messiah when it was originally called uh, Jesus is my homeboy um was going to be released in august so i like again like silver lining with the pandemic and you know what have you these movies had more people seeing them but i think promising young woman would have been still a talked about movie but it, it you know like the academy does have a very short uh memory span when it comes to nominating certain things and like not always i mean silence of the lambs and grand budapest hotel and fargo you know were all early you know uh first quarter releases but um yeah, it's just interesting to see that this crop of nominees that we did get eight. We didn't just get, you know, five. Like it would have been, it would have been kind of almost funny if there were just five. That would have been, I think, really telling.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: but I mean, eight nominees is not anything to snuff at and be like, okay, well, you know, people didn't vote. Like I'm sure some people decided not to vote, but you could tell with eight nomination with eight nominees in that category people were voting and Minari as well. Like Minari is that little movie that it's like, again, like in any other year, it could have easily gotten lost in the shuffle. Um, but it's just so wonderful to see that movie get uh, nominated. I, I would have liked to have seen maybe Yuri Han get nominated for uh, actress as well, but um, you know, yeah. it just Alan Kim, Alan Kim. But, but that's, again, that's a weird thing because like, I, I I see Alan Kim more
0: as the lead than I do Steven Yun. And in, yeah, in I a agree way. with that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, I guess
0: nobody's the lead in Judas and the Black Messiah, who, who knows, right? <laughs> who knows what any of that means? It's all whatever. Yeah, I think you throw this, again, being a weird year, like I don't think it necessarily looks like a weird year when you throw up these eight nominees, right? Like I feel like... The quality doesn't change. Yeah, no, the quality doesn't. I still think that like you throw these up against any other year in Best Picture and, you know, whatever you want to say about the Oscars and, and what they nominate, like I think it's still, you know sits with those. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with everything. Obviously I'm on that, uh, promising young woman hype train. I don't think it'll obviously win. Um, uh, I think it's nomad lands to lose, to be honest. Uh, but I wouldn't put it again. We keep making fun of it, Eric, but trial of the Chicago seven, I would not be surprised in the least on Oscar night. If they open that envelope and it says trial of the Chicago seven and I'd go, Yep, that makes sense. And then I'd go to sleep.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a surefire win if it wasn't Netflix. Because yeah. net, because if, even though it was a Paramount release originally and then Netflix picked it up, I still think that there is a certain amount of bias against or towards you know Netflix winning a best picture oscar so i think that that does hurt it but if it were like say back in the day if it were like a miramax movie or something like that it would win Absolutely. hands down yeah. like it would be it would be nomad land like nomad land would be you know the indie movie that everybody's rooting for and like it'd be uh the 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 pulp fiction to forrest gump but in this case the forrest gump is being released by a streamer where i think nomad land even though you know it it did get released on hulu in the u.s it still has not been released in canada we should mention this it will not be released in canada until Until mid-april
0: uh uh, available on star well it's getting a theatrical release i'm using air quotes like in the next couple weeks but yeah maybe
1: depending on what the theatrical like what's there'll only be a few
0: theaters in canada we might see more open in the next couple weeks but but yeah
1: but going back to that like because it's still being release, released by a studio that believes in the theatrical model, I think that that's why Nomadland also – just in terms of like the aesthetics, not just looking at the movie for quality, but like looking at it from like industry people being like, okay, when the pandemic's over, you know, like we're going to go back to, you know, studio releases yeah. and 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 Searchlight has always been a, a studio um, or a theater – you know that pro studio cinema
0: yeah. thing yeah and that's my thing is like i think it'll only take one netflix movie winning to kind of break that barrier down but i still think there's enough people especially in this year that says we need to like a reward movies that and and, and distributors that still believe in that theatrical experience you know i feel like there's going to be enough people that there is that bias uh towards that that I kind of agree with you. But that being said, I still just I wouldn't be shocked if they open the envelope and it says Trial of the Chicago 7. I mean Netflix winning Best Picture would be a big deal. But again, it's a weird middle ground because Paramount technically is, you know, the studio behind it. They just sold it to Netflix. So um yeah, I don't know. I, I really do think like really enjoy this crop of movies. I think the only movies that have a chance of winning are Nomad Land and Trial of the Chicago 7, to be honest. Maybe
1: Promising Young Woman. I
0: would love that, but... Or even Judas and the Black Messiah. If if there was
1: like an upset that kind of comes out of nowhere, because I think Judas and the Black Messiah is still gaining momentum because people are still catching up with it. It's still a movie that I think it just went off of uh, HBO Max, but like it's available in Canada uh, on iTunes and things like that. And yeah. and I think that like that's a movie in the next month or so, will get even more eyes on it because of all those nominations and even Nomadland, like, because like, again, like it's played the festival circuit. So, you know, people that maybe missed it then, um in internationally or in Canada um will now have a chance to see it in in the upcoming month so that might help it as well but i could i could see if there was like an upset it would be something like Judas and the Black Messiah, just because again, like it still feels like it hasn't peaked. Like both Nomad Land and Child of Chicago 7 kind of feel like they've had their moments already where it's like, okay, they've Even promising Young Woman, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. They've established themselves. They're they're there. They're 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 going to be in the awards conversation. They're going to get nominations. They're going to probably win in certain categories. Um, but Judas and the Black Messiah, I mean, only premiered you know, in in January, so in, in during Sundance, and it's like, it's still having a moment. And I feel like even today, like it being nominated in those categories that it was like a lot of people thought, okay, maybe Daniel Kaluuya will get nominated and that's it. And it's showing up in, in multiple categories is something yeah, that's a that good shows point. that it's, it could be that threat that that movie that it's like, oh, wow, that that one one best picture. Okay, that's actually a really good choice. If yeah, that yeah, would be, be an upset.
0: If either Promising Young Woman or Judas in the Black Messiah won, I'd be totally cool with that. And I think that would be exciting. But I really like, yeah, Nomad Land is, you know, subtle and quiet and and maybe not the flashiest best picture winner. If but it's But its flashiness is in like, its visuals. It's yeah. so
1: beautiful. And it and again, like I think Promising Young Woman and Judas and the Black Messiah and 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 Nomad Land. I mean, uh, Nomad Land and Judas and the Black Messiah are period pieces. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nomad Land being a more recent period piece, like in terms of when it takes place, uh, being after the recession in, in 2011 and so forth. And then Judas and the Black Messiah. Isn't taking that place. weird
0: that that's a period le- well, piece? Well, <laughs> it's it's even with Lady
1: Bird. Remember with yeah, like taking yeah. place in 2003 and that being a period piece, where um, where and Judas and the Black Messiah taking place in 1969. Their messages all three of those movies are very contemporary in one way or another whether they deal with you know uh you know the establishment being racist or sexist and sort of having to look at the the patriarch and sort of breaking it down or sort of just the idea of anti-corporations and capitalism as a whole like they're all very um you know still timeless topics of debate and sometimes you know you look at these sort of issues and you're like it's a shame that we're still Dealing with those and, you know, being that it's 2021 now, but they need to be addressed. And, you know, these three movies kind of all have their message intertwined in movies that are cinematically compelling.
0: Agreed with you completely, and I'm just disappointed that um, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't didn't, didn't get make the yeah you know maybe next year Eric visual it effects just, it just missed the uh, the cutoff. Uh, overall, I think it's an interesting year. There's some progress. We're seeing progress being made, chipping away. Again, we're not there yet but having two women nominated for best director for the first time in 93 years <laughs> is way too late but i mean it is again chipping away and, and making progress the first one of which is uh, a,
1: a woman of color oh, as color well, so. and,
0: which is a, a is a first as well right um so again i think we are seeing whatever you want to say about the oscars and awards in general but like i feel like progress is slowly but surely being made, um, which is, I guess, a a small silver lining to you know this whole kind of thing. But uh, I'm pretty happy with this group of movies. I have no huge complaints. I love award season, and I know you do too, Eric. Like it is silly, and do awards really matter? But like, I, I I do feel like the people who are in the weeds of it, like we don't necessarily. It doesn't matter who wins or who loses. It's fun to speculate. It's fun to talk about. It's fun for the movie that you. Uh, champion or cam- like not necessarily campaign for, but your the movie that you really you know yell from the rooftops when it wins, it is satisfying. When Parasite won last year, like that was such a great moment, and more people um, saw it, I think, because of that too. And that's the other thing I was going to say, and that's a great point. Is like yes, we're in the weeds, we're in our kind of film cinephile you know bubble where we have seen all of these movies, we know everything about them, we can talk about them, speculate, kind of understand who's the front runner, who's who's going to win what's going to get nominated like we kind of have a good idea but what i love about this stuff is it's what i talk about in other things of adaptations of video game movies or 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 things like that like i just love that it kind of puts the spotlight on a group of movies that you know the general populace might not have heard about or might not have necessarily watched yet so like maybe they will check out the father or minari or 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 something like that yeah some of them are a sound, sound of flashed, metal which is uh, sound which, of metal yeah, yeah. Where, yes, maybe Promising Young Woman or Judas and the Black Messiah are those kind of flashier, you know, commercial or sort even of Trial movies. Trial of Chicago like, 7. Right? Yeah, like that a lot of people might have checked out already, but I do feel like the Oscars are a great kind of thing, like – Pe- more people saw parasite last year because it won best picture and that is a good thing yeah and um, and, and
1: even something like
0: collective which again like yeah. going back to that like it being nominated for for
1: international feature and documentary like honeyland was um uh last year like it's interesting to see that the documentary is now starting to trickle out into other categories other than just being in the one and I I keep saying this, like I would love to see in my lifetime a a Best Picture nominee for documentary. And like, again, I think collective time – even something that wasn't nominated at all dick johnson uh, is dead we're all worthy of being best picture nominees so i am hopeful that at some point even if it, even if it's a middle of the road documentary i'll take that kind of generic like feel good you know social justice film that kind of plays to the crowd just to see a documentary get nominated one day would would really be nice. and I
0: think it'll happen, but um, I don't know what that doc will be, what that subject matter has to be to kind of take everyone, you know, by storm and and just kind of skyrocket it to a best picture nominee because we've had some wonderful docs that, you know, oh, it's a documentary. The joke that I played into of like, it's not a real movie kind of thing, which I I regret. Like, I don't, I, you know, it's just a joke. I'm just kind of messing around. I do think, docs are great i just don't seek them out as often and i think that's kind of maybe the problem is like you know that's the thing you p- throw on netflix when you hear about you know someone saying one is really good and and you'll or uh, you know the true crime docs and shit that take off but no one will just sit down and watch a really uh, it's unfortunate I mean, it would have been amazing like, if something like the last dance
1: was eligible because i would have thrown that into best picture like oh, that totally, would have yeah. been uh, like a hundred percent
0: best picture nominee, you know. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll cap it there, Eric. Like we'll talk we'll do a regular episode next week or the week after where we talk about, you know, the Cruella trailer, in the heights trailer, some news and things like that that dropped in the last couple of weeks. But I think we should just keep this Oscar focused a good hour and a half discussion on the nominees. So um any any last words before we yeah, go? Yeah,
1: I want to I want to just quickly say like um you know we we you can go to uh, untitled movie conversations and uh, listen to us talk to Joey Magnuson of uh, the Awards Radar and you know uh, I just want to thank him for having been on the show and maybe we can get him back Closer to the Oscars for final predictions, or or who he thinks is going to win. But you look at somebody like that that does it all year round, and you know, like him as a commentator. You know, he, I mean, he's also a very much uh, a sports fan, and like you can tell the passion that he has for sports and film are, are are very similar in how he sort of portrays that and sort of talks about that. And then people like Clayton Davis as well, who's working at Variety. Like those guys are working. Around the clock, and I'm sure today they are the busiest that they'll be. Like this is Christmas Day for them, or or, or the Super Bowl or something. But they're probably also extremely busy. But you know, having interviewed them both, uh, you know, for Untitled and Rogers, you just have to really be grateful for those guys to be champions for films that they love, but also just kind of covering as much as they do because not everything gets nominated, but they approach everything with a fair shot and you know they want to give everything an opportunity to have uh the spotlight and and you know both of those guys i think are are you know really hard working and um you know again always good to see what their opinions are even if you don't agree with them i think it's it's just interesting to see what they have to say
0: totally agree uh, thank you all for listening. Um, if you like this, we have a couple other shows we would love uh, for you guys to subscribe to. As Eric mentioned, the aforementioned Untitled Movie Conversations. Uh please go over there and subscribe to that channel. We haven't had anything new there in a little while. We're still trying to it's a it's a weird time and a weird year, everyone. We're trying to figure it all out. We'll let you know when um
1: probably post South by Southwest. Yeah. We'll kind of look into it again. The Untitled Movie Conversations, what what it is, is basically it's not a regular um, thing it's it's more just like okay when the opportunity knocks, For a more
0: formal kind of interview style conversation, where we are looking into bringing more guests onto this show, Untitled Movie Podcast, just as a casual conversation, maybe people who appeared on conversations before, maybe just our colleagues from the industry, things like that. So we're trying to work out how we want to incorporate guests more often into our all all three shows, really, Um, and our uh, obviously our other show, Untitled Movie Reviews, where you can get reviews for basically everything that was nominated today at least in best picture uh but most of the categories um eric and i have probably reviewed those movies so go please check out untitled movie reviews uh you can check out uh our our newest review for Zack snyder's justice league (laughs) um, which should be up by the time i'm not i'm sort of it'll be up by the time it'll be here sooner than you think um So please go check that out. If you're a big fan of Oscar movies, you'll be a big fan of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hey, man, he's a Um, First Cow fan, which got no nominations. It didn't. Um, So thank you all for listening. As always, my name is Matt Roarbeck. You can uh, follow all my work around the internet at Untitled movie podcast.com i really fucked that up uh or follow me on all of the social medias at matt roerbeck also please follow uh the untitled movie podcast on all the social medias at untitled underscore cast drop us a review if you would be so kind on your podcast service of choice and I'm Eric
1: Martin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com sci-cinema scene. There's a new episode right now which is all uh, Disney uh, related. I've sold out to uh, Our Corporate, corporate Overlords, overlords yeah. uh, which also features uh, Matt Rohrbeck at the end uh, of the talking episode about talking, about Disney w- <laughs> talking about WandaVision and, and a spoiler-free sort of conversation of the overall series. So definitely check that out. I mean, Matt has been very kind in, in terms of giving me plenty of, uh, time, of his time to to talk about uh, all things movie-related, and every time he's on the show, um, he brings not only his intellect and uh, very enjoyable and and wonderful personality, but he just is always you, you just make it easier on me, Matt. And I and I just really appreciate I, I that, appre- man.
0: No, I appreciate you. Um, and before we go, I, I should mention it's a huge week for us. I only mentioned Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's all but you but we need. have. <laughs> We have uh, this show that you just listened to, which covers Oscar nominations. We have Zack Snyder's Justice League, a review. Uh, Eric and I uh, are hoping to do uh, WandaVision spoiler cast this week, even though this is the worst week to do it, because we also have South by Southwest starting tomorrow, I believe, on Tuesday. That's tomorrow? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Um, So we'll have tons of reviews coming out of South by Southwest, which you guys can get on Untitled Movie Reviews. Uh, We will have a review for the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which you guys can check out on Untitled Movie Reviews. And we will have a review out for the first three episodes of Invincible on Amazon Prime Video, uh, which will also be on Untitled Movie Reviews. So tons of superhero content. Academy Award nominee, Steven Yeun. Yeah. Best, uh, best Actor nominee, Steven Yeun is in Invincible. So uh, you'll be able to get all of that this week. So uh, Monday is uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Tuesday, you'll get Division spoiler cast and I think the beginning of South by Southwest stuff as well as South by Southwest stuff throughout the entire week. Fuck, I'm you'll not get, ready. You'll <laughs> get uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier first episode on Thursday review. And then on Friday you'll get a review of the first three episodes of Invincible. So tons of stuff this week. So if you've made it this far into this podcast i think you'll really love checking that stuff out so thank you all for the support and until next time and the oscar goes to